Hi, I'm Jennifer Carraher, and this is Unfinished Truths. From misattributed parentage and assisted reproductive technologies to made or chosen families, these are stories of and by people who gain truth through knowledge and want to share that truth with you. As David Foster Wallace said, the truth will set you free, but not until it's finished with you. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming back to Unfinished Truths for the third episode, third proper, since last week was my second, second episode. Um, This week, I'm going to do something as an interim, which is to post a story that I did about two years ago um, for work um, about the experiences of nurses during the COVID crisis, because I feel like um, over the last decade, the people with whom I work have really become like family, particularly um, during the COVID crisis. And I think right now, uh, morale is at an all-time low and healthcare workers particularly feel forgotten and um, sort of down in the dumps. So I just wanted to give them some kudos for all of the hard work they've done over the last couple of years. And by, and the way I wanted to do that was to sort of let their voices speak for themselves. So as I said, this is an episode of a podcast that I thought I was going to put together during COVID, which became just sort of too hard to do just with the amount of work that was happening. Um, sort of on the ground. Um, but I did, uh, prepare it and present it to the hospital. And there's a little introduction if you want to hear about that. So if you're interested in listening to that, it might be a nice little short entertainment, uh, until I get next week's episode together. One other note is that I think during the last episode, not only did I misspeak and like interchange biological father for birth certificate father, sure everybody figured out what I meant. Um, I also recommended uh, this very worthy new podcast um, called DNA Surprises. I think I misnamed it, as I said. The host is Alex Auerselt, um, and it's just really a first-rate show. So I just wanted to put that out there and uh, correct my mistake (laughs) once again. Okay, So thanks for coming back, and uh, let's hear from some nurses. Having to be the nurse in the room, I feel like a lot of people have a view of what should be going on or kind of what is going on, but unless you really are in there doing everything, only you know how long it takes to start an IV or do a sepsis alert or actually, you know, physically get the baby off the chest and move it and take it to ALS and have to, like, you know, do quick resuscitations and quick assessments and, or just have to kind of do everything with, and initially in the beginning with absolutely no help and a really difficult time calling for help if you needed it. And after after the fact, two, two yeah. weeks later, 
Completely. Or like I'm treating, I'm helping in triage because it's so crazy. I get a phone call and exposure, but I'm still expected to work without getting a test because I could be an asymptomatic carrier, but they don't care because they, they all they care about is a number because we are a body. I don't think the bedside will ever change in that perspective and like the compassion that we have for our patients in developing that rapport, but it is definitely difficult when we have all of our PPE on, when we have our PPE, when we have it readily available. At one point, I went door to door collecting N95 masks from my neighbors and handed them out to coworkers to make sure everyone would have an N95 if they wanted or needed one. I brought in hand soap and bleach wipes just in case we weren't supplied any that day. And it was put on the shoulders of the charge nurses to deny providers masks if they requested them. And in general, everything just felt upside down and backwards. It was a very dark and challenging time for a lot of us. And now just when things feel somewhat normal, our protections are being threatened again with no concrete evidence to support why. It's exhausting. started making cloth masks and wearing them at work and then we were told we weren't allowed to do that and then people were getting surgical masks and we were told you couldn't wear a surgical mask at work it might scare the patients it wasn't permitted unless you were in the OR and of course our policies have evolved from that but we're not finished evolving because yesterday a young nurse called and she said I was sick two days ago and I had a, a a runny nose and a cough and I called in sick and yesterday I also felt sick but today I feel better can I come into work and we honestly don't know the answer to that question just personally shocked when they chose not to adhere to airborne and droplet precautions the CDC did and then we were literally when we came in that week because it's changing week by week and we understand that but we also understand how how communicable it was and so to come in and have them tell us that oh no it's not airborne today or or no it's not droplet today thank you and all you need is a simple face mask I was I was beside myself For me, I remember the first time I had to help someone dress up to go into a COVID room and how worried I was when they looked at me and they said, Benara, did I do it right? Because when you're going in a room, you didn't know what you were going up against. I know the patients try to be really diligent about keeping their masks on. I mean, I'm not afraid when a patient's pushing to keep readjusting it on their face and wash my hands. They take it down because they're having a hard time breathing, no doubt. I've had four babies, I know how that feels. Um, on the second day of the new visitor policy, security had a computer glitch and ended up letting visitors up to labor and delivery that were not registered in the computer. One specific instance um, was a visitor that the patient specifically did not want in her room. 
The visitor came up to the room and then it's now the responsibility of the nurses to police the situation, send her back to security. So we're the ones dealing with the disgruntled patients and disgruntled visitors. piece for me is I'm a loving individual and therefore the touch has been um, taken away from me. Me touching the patient for reassurance, me touching my family members, hugging, shaking of a hand. I think I'm about to cry right now, but I think I miss being loved during this COVID pandemic and when this is over hopefully I will be bathed in a lot of love Um, but I I continue on and try to um, stand strong for my patients do we not believe in science do we not believe that that corona can be transmitted via aerosol Mm -hmm. Uh, because that must be uh, that must be where we're coming from since we're gonna deny staff who spend the most time with patients and their significant other um, access to N95. Mm-hmm. So we're operating a hospital, but we don't believe in science. That's interesting to me. physician fears yeah my own fear of being in with a patient for six seven hours pushing with them yeah and taking it home to my family yeah and then having the provider spend like one minute in there and then being alone for your delivery so there's a complication there's no help um anger that we're putting the babies through the front door I mean I think at birth that is no way to introduce a child to the world and in triage, that's where my most exposure's been of asymptomatic people having COVID, keeping them at the bedside. So I've been really grateful for my N95s that I've been wearing <laughs> because then I don't feel as exposed yeah. with my little glasses and my N95s. And, you know, I don't know if that person sneezed in the room right before I walked in mm-hmm. and she's got COVID because she doesn't have any symptoms, right? charge nurse, I and any other charge nurse, have to manage the throughput of PUI and COVID positive patients while maintaining an attitude of safety and support for our staff. The job not only requires thought about caring for the patient in our unit, but coordinations between other disciplines and units to provide safe care and support distancing these patients from the general population. 
For the first time in my career, nurses have been instructed to reuse one-use items like N95 masks due to shortages or potential shortages. I myself have recently taken a leave of absence. Um, I couldn't tolerate and, and continue to, to deal with the amount of stress that um, dealing with chemo and the pandemic and the staffing was too much. And I am disappointed in myself that I could not see this process through to the end of this pandemic or to at least a better understanding of how to support and, and maintain safety of our patients and our nurses. It's definitely scary in the sense that we don't exactly know um, a lot about this virus and the fact that we don't have the proper protection although we still want to take the best care of our patients um, we sometimes could be apprehensive or reluctant sometimes to give the best care because we don't have the proper equipment to take care of these patients at home I worry about my children am I going to pass it to my family let's protect our nurses first and um, our docs as well. We can work hand in hand and um, hopefully get a hold to this COVID and get everyone safe. Mm -hmm.